A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. In the verses that inshallah we will read today, we will learn about another aspect of the history of the Bani Israel. We know that the Bani Israel, they were the believers of their time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had chosen them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had also taken many contracts from them, many promises from them. They were required to do certain things because they promised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they would do them. And in return, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously promised them reward and victory and success. So in these verses, we will learn about some promises, some mithaq, the covenants that the Bani Israel had made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding them that look, these covenants you made with Allah, but then what did you do? And in particular, we see that they went against those covenants. So in other words, their breach of the covenants that they made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are now being mentioned. And we see that yes, the Bani Israel are being mentioned, but who should we be looking at? Ourselves. That a promise that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes from a people, what does it mean? That the people say that yes, we are going to do such and such. We are going to obey you. When we become Muslim, when we say that we are believers, we are in a way promising that yes, Allah, we will do whatever you tell us to do. We are required to do certain things. But if we go against that, we are also doing what? Breaking the promise that we have made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah is teaching us through the history, through the example of the Bani Israel. So we should be reflecting on ourselves. And at the same time, where the certain promises were taken from the Bani Israel, it shows to us how important those particular actions were. How necessary they were. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them promise that you must do this. So it shows to us that if we want to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we should also do the same actions. Let's look at the covenants. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ And recall, remember, when we took the covenant of the Bani Israel, we have read the word mithaq earlier. What is mithaq? A covenant, a promise that has been made, and it's from the root letters well, thaqaf. Wathaq is used for a rope with which prisoners are bound, with which prisoners are tied up. And it's called mithaq. Why? Because in it a person promises to do certain things, to not do certain things, and it is as though the mithaq ties a person up. It binds him. He is not free anymore. He is restricted. He is supposed to do something. He's not supposed to do something. So وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ What was the covenant? It has eight clauses in it. First of all, لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That you will not worship anyone but Allah. لَا تَعْبُدُونَ تَعْبُدُونَ is from the root letters عَيْن بَادَال And what's the main word? عِبَادَه What does عِبَادَه mean? Worship. And I told you earlier in Surah Al-Fatiha إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ عِبَادَه is what? To humble oneself. It's a tadallul Humility. To submit oneself. To become a slave to someone. To accept one's smallness and to accept the greatness of the other. And as a result, obey in every matter. Never ever disobey. Do whatever a person is commanded. And stay away from everything that has been prohibited. This is what ibadah is. So what was the first thing that the Bani Israel were commanded to do? They were made to promise 
that they would not worship anyone but Allah. Illallah. Why? Because the greatest right is of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because the greatest favor on us is of who? None but Allah. So when Allah, His favor on us is the greatest, that means that His right is also the greatest. And what is the best that you can offer to someone? That you surrender yourself to them. You give yourself to them. And you say, tell me anything, I will listen to you. This is what ibadah is. To become a slave to someone. That's the best that you can give yourself. He has bestowed the greatest favors on us. Because of Him we are existent. Because of Him we do what we can do. Because of Him we are able. This is why His right is the greatest. And this is the reason why, لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ When it comes to the worship of Allah, when it comes to obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, no one else will be given preference over there. Only Allah will be given this right. Because only Allah has favored us. This is why only Allah will be worshipped. Where we are to obey Allah, we cannot obey anyone else. Where Allah has told us not to do something, we cannot obey anyone else, anything else. The highest priority has to be given to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the purpose of our creation as well. We have learned that وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسِ إِلَّا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that I have not created men and jinn except that they should worship me. So this is the purpose of our creation. And if we don't give the haqq of Allah, then we are useless. Nothing better than garbage. This would be our reality if we do not worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Bani Israel were made to promise, لا تعبدون إلا الله You will not worship anyone but Allah. No human, no rock, no sun, no moon, no idol. Nothing you can worship. The only being you can humble yourself before, surrender yourself completely to, is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveyed to every single ummah. This is not just what the Bani Israel were commanded with. No, every single nation was commanded to do this. We learn Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah An-Nahl that, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولَ That we have sent in every nation a messenger. And that messenger, what did he convey? That, أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّابُودِ that worship Allah and avoid the false gods. Worship Allah and avoid all false beings, all false deities who call you to their worship. Abandon them and worship who alone? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ The second command that they were given, the second clause of this contract was what? وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And with both parents, do ihsan. Notice something. Allah's right is mentioned. And then whose right is mentioned? The parents. Because whose favor on us is the greatest? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So his right comes first and foremost. Amongst mankind. Yes, the Prophet ﷺ, his favor on us is the greatest. But after him, from the people that we know, that we are acquainted with, that we are related to, whose favor on us is the greatest? Our parents. So first things, first. Allah's right comes first, and then comes the right of who? 
the parents. وَبِلْ وَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا And the word walidain is the dual of walid. Who is walid? Walid is one who walada. What does walada mean? To give birth, to procreate. So walidain, the two who gave birth to you. So who does it refer to? The mother and the father. Some people think in our religion we're only supposed to do ihsan towards our mothers. Or we're only supposed to do ihsan towards our fathers and treat the mother like a servant. No way. Bilwalidain. Both the parents deserve ihsan. Wabilwalidaini ihsana. What does this word ihsan mean? We learned the word muhsinin earlier. Ihsan is from husn, and husn is to beautify something. And ihsan is in one's dealing with the other, in one's behavior with the other, the way a person speaks to someone, the way a person deals with someone, he brings beauty in his actions, in his words, in his behavior, in his dealings. How do you bring beauty in your words, in your actions, in your behavior, in your dealings? How would you do that? You can only do extra when you've done what you're supposed to do. Isn't it? Extra is the next step. So ihsan includes, first of all, doing what you're supposed to do. Secondly, doing extra. More than what the other deserves. More than what the other has done to you. This is what ihsan is. And also remember that ihsan is different from adl. Adl is justice. Someone is good to you, you are good with them. Someone smiled at you, you smile at them. Someone gave you a gift, you give a gift to them. They were very good to you, you are very good to them. Ihsan is a level above justice. What does it mean? That you are good to someone even if they're not good to you. You say good to someone even if they're ignoring you. You think good about them even if they don't think good about you. You treat them with respect, with love, with niceness, with kindness, even if they don't do the same with you. This is what ihsan is. That you do good to the other, not in return, not in exchange, not as a payback, but out of the goodness of your heart. To seek the reward of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what ihsan is. Notice Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَبِلْ وَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Can you ever, ever pay back your parents for the favors that they have done for you? You can never give birth to your parents. And that's sufficient. That's enough. Your parents gave birth to you, you can never ever pay them back for what they've done, for what they've gone through, for the effort that they've put in, for the pain that they have taken, for the sleepless nights they have spent, for the money they have spent on you, for the hours they have spent in trying to feed you, and trying to bathe you, and trying to nurse you, and trying to take care of you. You can never ever pay them back. Because generally we think, my parents are not good to me. This is why I cannot do ihsan to them. My mother yells at me. My father doesn't understand me. They force me to study. They force me to do this. They force me to do that. They are on a different planet. I'm on a different planet. I cannot do ihsan towards them. You have to do it anyway. You know why? Because your mother gave birth to you. And that's enough. That's enough of a favor to make you their servant for the rest of your life. And it doesn't matter how they treat you. Because they have given birth to you. And those of you who have gotten married, who have had children, you appreciate your mothers like you never did before. Many times it happens that the day a woman gives birth, that is when she truly loves and appreciates her mother. Before that, 
Yeah, she loved her mother, but not as much. But when she gives birth, that's when she realizes how important and how nice her mother has been. This is why, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا With the two parents, with both of them, do extra good in return. And what does it mean by ihsan towards the parents? Ihsan towards the parents means that you become obedient to them. That you become a source of pleasure, a source of happiness for them. How can you become a source of happiness for your parents? How? That you do stuff for them instead of making them do stuff for you all the time. By being a good Muslim. Many parents, their desire is that their children start praying properly. That they become a good person. So if you become a good person, you do good, you pray, then you're a source of happiness for your parents. Never talk back to your parents, no matter how frustrated, no matter how angry, no matter how upset you are. Because if you talk back, if you yell, if you argue, if you are harsh with them, you're not going to make them happy. You're going to make them very sad. By doing what they want you to do. So for example, they want you to study the Qur'an. Do that to make them happy. There are mainly four ways through which we can do ihsan towards our parents. You can summarize all of these examples and more into four points. First of all, through one's qawl, words. That the words we use, they should be such that make our parents happy. What kind of words? That if they say something that we don't like, we're like, oh, are these words that make parents happy? Or that you don't know. You don't know what you're saying. You don't understand my situation. You come from that country. We're living in this country. You studied 15 years ago. I'm studying today. I go to university. You never went to university. These words, unfortunately, these words are very common. These words hurt parents. They make them extremely sad. You know, if you physically abuse someone, it will not torture them as much as the words that you could say against them that will hurt them. Words that please parents, that make them happy, are respectful. Words that are kind. That when we speak to them, we address them in a nice way, in a loving way. That we talk to them. Many times it happens that we don't even bother talking to our parents. We don't even bother sending them a message, calling them up, asking them how they're doing, asking them how things are. Or even if they're at home, you come home, leave your bag, go up into your room. Don't bother me. Don't disturb me. I'm busy. Come for lunch? I'm busy. Come for dinner? I'm busy. Where's your homework? I don't know. Go away. This is how parents are treated. Are these good words? They're not good words. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا The first and foremost thing is using good, polite, kind, nice words. No matter how upset you are, no matter how angry you are, no matter how tired you are, no matter how frustrated you are. Because if you don't, you're not doing ihsan. We think being good means, you know, helping mankind, helping people, helping people who are sad, helping people who are going through problems, who are going through difficulties. Yes, that is very good. But you know what? Charity begins where? At home. If you cannot be good to your parents, no matter how good you are to the rest of the world, it doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't matter. What is needed is that you are good to your parents in the words that you speak with them. When we talk to our friends, when we talk to our colleagues, when we talk to strangers, we're so polite, so courteous, so proper, as if there's no one well-behaved more than us. But when it comes to our parents, it's as though we are the worst people on this planet. It's as though we have never been educated, we have never been trained, we have never been taught how to speak. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا The first thing 
in your words. Be careful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran that وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا إِمَّا يَبْلُغَنَّ عِنْدَكَ الْكِبَرَ أَحَدُهُمَا أَوْ كِلَاهُمَا If one of them or both of them become old in your presence, meaning they're with you when they're old, فَلَا تَقُلْ لَهُمَا أُفْ Then don't even say أُفْ to them. And you know what? Old people, elderly people, sometimes they become very annoying. They will ask you the same question many times. They will nag you. For example, your mother tells you, please do the dishes. And you're like, okay, fine. You know, I just got home. Let me put my bag down. Let me just relax. Let me do my homework. Then I'll do the dishes. She'll ask you, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? I told you so many times. Why haven't you done it already? And you're like, mom, don't yell. Don't say, oof. Don't get upset. Allah says, وَلَا تَنْهَرْهُمَا And do not even scold them. Do not scold them. Do not show your anger to them. Because there were so many times when you were a child and you perhaps drove your parents crazy. You made them worry till they cried. But they still loved you. You refused to eat food 50 times, but still they fed you. You refused to get out of the shower and they stood there waiting for you. You refused to come inside and they stood there with you until you were ready. When they were so patient with us, why can we not be so patient with them? When it comes to our actions, when it comes to our behavior, we should also do ihsan towards them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاخْفِضْ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الذُّلِّ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ That lower your wing of humility out of mercy for them. Meaning be humble in front of them. So the first way of ihsan is through your words. The second way of ihsan is through your actions. What kind of actions? Do such actions which make them happy. Do such actions which make them pleased. And part of that is being humble in front of them. The way we stand before our parents, it's as though we are standing before our servants. Or someone who is much lesser than us. Someone who doesn't have any idea about this world. Standing high and tall, arrogantly, with our shoulders outstretched, and looking down at them. This is not appropriate. Actions, behavior, body language should have humility and ihsan in it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says that وَقُلْ and say رَبِّ ارْحَمْهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِ صَغِيرًا That, oh my Lord, you have mercy on them just as they brought me up when I was a little child. I was helpless. You know, out of all babies, the human baby is the weakest. Many other creatures, within hours, the animal is standing. Within days, they're independent. But the human child is the weakest of all creatures on this planet. Who takes care of us? Our parents, our mothers, our fathers. This is why we should also make dua for them. So part of ihsan in actions is what? Making dua for them. What else comes in doing ihsan through our actions? How can we do ihsan towards our parents through our actions? That whatever they ask us to do, do it right away please. Don't delay. Unless there's a genuine reason that's preventing you and you let them know, you inform them. But don't keep delaying and delaying and delaying so the parents keep waiting. What else comes in ihsan, in actions? Becoming a sadaqa jariya for them. Doing something good so that the reward also goes to them. Also in ihsan is that doing stuff for them. You know, they've cooked for us for so long, why not we cook for them now? 
they have ironed our clothes for so long, why not we begin to iron their clothes now? They've cleaned up our rooms for so long, why not we clean their room for once? They've been driving us around, why not we drive them now? وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Through our actions. Thirdly, what comes in ihsan towards parents is that through one's wealth, a person does ihsan to them. How? The money that a person has, he spends it on his or her parents. How much money do parents spend on their children? All of their paycheck basically. Whatever they can afford. And where does that money go? On your clothes? On your food? On your accessories? On your luxuries? On your season pass? And then the whole time that they have to drive you there and drive you back? On gas? All of their money goes on you. And if they're spending anything on the house, that's also for who? For you. They could have been living in a small apartment, something very, very small, something very tiny, but they want a bigger place for your sake. They spend everything they have on you. So when you have money, how can you keep it away from them? When you have money, spend on them as well. Whatever that you're able to. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 215, that yunfiqoon. They ask you about what they should spend. قُلْ say مَا أَنْفَقْتُ مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَلِلْوَالِدَيْنِ Whatever you spend of good, then it is for the parents. Whatever you spend of good, who comes first? The parents. When we think about giving charity, we think about the hungry people somewhere in the world. Yes, we should be concerned about them as well. But how about buying your mother a gift sometimes? I'm not saying Mother's Day is coming, so there you go, buy gifts for your mother. No, every single day of your life is Mother's Day. Why? Because every day you're alive, it's because of the fact that she gave birth to you. It's because she cared for you. It's because she nurtured you. She looked after you. She educated you. She trained you. She supported you. She encouraged you. So this is why we should also spend on them. Buy them a gift. Just out of the way. Fourthly, another way through which a person can do ihsan on his parents is through his jah. What is jah? A person's status. The position that he has. The things that he can do because of who he is. Or who she is. For example... You are very good when it comes to phones, when it comes to computers. And your mother, she wants an iPhone and she begs you, please set this up for me. Just show me how to play the Qur'an on this. And just show me how to take a picture on this. You're like, take a picture? Well, it's so simple. It's a phone. Go to the camera, press this, hold the phone up and press click and there you can take a picture. What's so difficult about that? Relax. The way you're comfortable with technology... She is not. The way you are able to use it, she is not. So whatever you are able to do because of who you are, help them. Do ihsan towards them. Similarly, if a person is a doctor, if a person is working in a particular place, and through his job, through his work, he can help his parents, so he should do that. He should always give them preference. And we see that many times it happens that the kind of job that a person has, many times the benefits are extended to the parents even. But people become stingy. No, be generous towards your parents. Whatever good you can bring to them through your status, bring it. Give it to them. So, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا With both the parents, do ihsan. How can we do ihsan? You'll be good to her? You will cook for her. Even little girls can help their mothers in the kitchen. For example, laying the dishes at the table, picking them up, perhaps unloading the dishwasher to whatever they can. 
just listening to them and not annoying them at that time, what else will you do today? Spending more time with your parents. We get so busy in our schedule that we forget to sit with them, we forget to talk to them, we forget to care for them. We say we're too busy. Take time out for your parents. Isn't it amazing that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we have the time to look at our phones. But we don't have the time to send a message to our parents. We don't have the time to take a picture and send it to them of something nice that we have seen. What else can we do? Being nice with siblings. Because when we fight with our siblings, when we're mean with them, who gets hurt? Our parents. Trying not to say bad words or harsh words, saying oof. That for many people, sometimes it happens that they are living away from their parents. Whether it's in the same country or a different country, same city, different city, whatever the situation is, a person is away from their parents. So take time out to call them. Take time out to send them a nice message. Take time out to communicate with them. What else can we do? Asking them for advice. Asking them for their opinion, for their suggestions, for their guidance. Share good news with them. So you got your test back today. Those of you got very good marks, go and show your test to your mother. Go and show it to your father. And those of you who didn't get good marks, go and ask them to make dua for you. Be thoughtful and do things even before you're asked. Sometimes we know the dishwasher has to be unloaded. Why do we have to wait for a mother to command us? Don't you see it yourself? Similarly, we know that the carpet has to be vacuumed. Why should we have to wait for the mother to command us? Do it yourself before even she has to tell you. Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all the blessings and thank our parents as well for the favors that they have done to us. So there are many, many ways of doing ihsan towards our parents. I want you to list some with yourself, something that you're going to do because this is something that is extremely important. Abdullah ibn Umar anhu he said that I asked the Prophet ﷺ, which action does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala love the best? He replied, As-salatu ala waqtiha, performing the prayer at its proper time. And then he was asked, then what? And the Prophet ﷺ said, kindness towards parents. That is the best action that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. After, As-salatu ala waqtiha, after the right of Allah comes, whose right? The right of the parents. And Gratitude to parents is something that is extremely important. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حَمَلَتُهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَى وَهْنًا That we have instructed the human being concerning his parents because his mother carried him weakness upon weakness. The entire process of pregnancy and birth and afterwards is what? A process of weakness on weakness. The woman only gets weaker and weaker and weaker. وَحْنًا عَلَى وَحْنًا وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنِ And then nursing the child for two years. This is why Allah has commanded, أَنِشْكُرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيْكْ إِلَيَّ الْمَصِيرِ Be grateful to me and also to both your parents because to me is your return. Remember, your parents may have done anything, may have said anything. But after all, they are your parents. And because they gave birth to you, because they took care of you when you were helpless, it is your responsibility that you are good with them. And if you're not good with them, this is a height of ingratitude. Ihsan towards parents is also sharing good things with them. Whatever you are learning, share that with them as well. You don't know what's going to happen in the future. You might have to move away, they may have to move away, you're not together anymore, and then you have regrets. And eventually all of us have to leave this world anyway. 
So before you are regretting the time that you have now, you do ihsan towards them. Many times it happens that when we're going through some difficulties, you know, with our children, with our husband, or with our family situation, or whatever problem that we're having, whenever we call our parents, this happened, and so-and-so said this, and I was so hurt, and my mother-in-law did this to me, and my father-in-law said this, and my brother-in-law was like this. No, don't complain to your parents. Say good things to them. Because your situation will change, but the way they're worried, their worry will never leave them. Being a good role model for your younger siblings so that your parents are happy with you. Even if your parents have passed away, still do ihsan towards them. How? By being good, by doing good, by making dua for them. No one in this world can replace your parents. No one at all can replace your parents. The way they are sincere to you. The way they want the best for you. No one else is like that. The way they will sacrifice for you, no one at all will sacrifice like that. I've seen it myself. There are mothers who are old, aching, hurting. But the way they care for their children, no one else does. Everybody else, what happens to them? I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I'm busy. But the mother will always make time for her children, no matter how old they are, no matter how independent they are. No one at all can replace your parents. In a situation where your parents are doing something that is incorrect, that is wrong. And it's quite possible that there may be a situation like that. Musab ibn Umayyad, when he accepted Islam, his mother said, until you're Muslim, I'm not eating, I'm not drinking, I'm not going to sit in the shade, I'm not going to comb my hair. Basically, she was ready to die unless Musab ibn Umayyad left Islam. What would you do in a situation like that? Do whatever you want. I'm a Muslim. This is my choice. You can't save me in the hereafter. We'd be very bold and arrogant, right? But he would put food in his mother's mouth. Mother, eat, eat. And he would also invite her to become Muslim. I mean, that's a different thing. That yes, you want me to leave Islam? I'm not going to leave Islam. This is something understood. However, that did not mean that he was harsh with her or that he ignored her or that he did not care for her. No, he cared for her. He would put food in her mouth, request her to eat. This is what we're supposed to do as well. Even when our parents are doing something wrong, we should be concerned for them. And instead of being furious and upset with them and ignoring them and leaving them, we should do that which is best for them. Remember that even if the parents are not Muslim, forget about not being good Muslim, still we are supposed to do ihsan towards them. Still we are supposed to be good towards them. Their disbelief does not justify that we become harsh with them. Many times it happens that our parents, their thinking is completely different from ours. They come from a different country. We have grown up in a different world. We expect something different from them. They do something completely different. It's possible. Very much possible. And you feel that you're very distant from your parents. You have no connection with them. No relationship. You don't have that feeling where you just want to go hug your mother. And you wonder, how do people do that? I've never experienced that. People might experience that. In a situation like this even, we're supposed to do ihsan towards them. Because remember what ihsan is? Doing extra good. Even if the other is not good to you, you're still good to them. So even if they don't come and show good behavior to you, you show good behavior to them. And even if they're different in their thinking, accept them the way they are. And figure out ways through which you can do good to them. And believe me, you can once you make up your mind. It's about deciding, I have to be good to my parents. And once you make that decision, you will find different ways, different opportunities. So the second thing that the Bani Israel were commanded to do was what? 
What's the opposite of ihsan? Being bad towards them. One opposite is being bad towards the parents. Is that permissible? Not at all. The other is that a person is neither good nor is he bad. Even that is not permissible. Because we say, I don't say harsh words to her, I don't say good words to her, I just don't talk to her. Not acceptable. I just stay away from them. Not acceptable. I just don't meet them. Not acceptable. You have to do ihsan towards them because that is what Allah has commanded us. The third thing that the Bani Israel were commanded were that wadil qurba and to the close relatives. Meaning ihsan towards who? Dil qurba. The, du, the. These words they mean possessor. And al qurba, qurba is close relationship. Dil qurba, those people who have a close relationship with you. Who are they? Those who share the same blood as yours. Meaning your blood relatives. Either from your mother's side or from your father's side. Close relatives are who? Those who are related to you through your mother's side or through your father's side. So for example, amongst the close relatives, first of all comes who? Your parents. Then come who? Your siblings. Whether they are full or half. Then through your parents, you also have your grandparents, you also have your uncles and your aunts on both sides, and their children as well. So this is who? Dil qurba Now, if a person has their parents and their grandparents and their great-grandparents, are they supposed to ihsan towards their great-grandparents as well? Yes. And Dil qurba includes all those relatives who are connected to you, who are related to you, up to your fourth ancestor. So your parents, their parents... Their parents and their parents. Parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents and your great-great-grandparents. All of them, including their children, are who? Your close relatives. So your aunts and your uncles, through your mother's side, through your father's side, all of them are who? And their children are your close relatives. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to do ihsan towards our close relatives. How do you do that? How do you do ihsan towards your close relatives? Basically in the same way that you do ihsan towards your parents. Obviously the level is going to be different. Just as you're supposed to do ihsan towards your parents through your words, you're supposed to do ihsan towards your close relatives through your words. Actions, actions. Wealth, wealth. Jah, your status, as well you're supposed to do ihsan towards your relatives in a similar way. The examples include, for instance, giving them gifts, saying good words to them, Helping them financially, starting with your relatives when giving charity, keeping in touch with them, maintaining ties with them. Amongst your close relatives are your siblings. Words, good words. Stop fighting. Stop arguing in every little small thing. Be respectful to your siblings. Unfortunately, we think we can be mean to our siblings however we want to. We can say whatever we want to. We can put them down, we can insult them, we can use bad words against them. No, not permissible. Actions, sharing things with them. Sometimes we're like, you know what? This is my bag. Don't even dare touch it. This is my bag. I bought it. Every time you use my things, you destroy them. No, there's no harm in sharing. It's good. This is part of ihsan. Your younger brother wants a ride. I'm not a chauffeur. It's okay. Give them a ride. Ihsan towards siblings is also necessary. Do as much as is necessary but don't completely get cut off. 
So also with relatives we're supposed to do ihsan. And then wal yatama and the orphans. Yatama is a plural of yatim. Who is yatim? A child who has not reached the age of puberty and his father has passed away. A child, girl or boy, who has not reached the age of puberty and what happened? His father died. Now when this child reaches the age of puberty, he does not remain an orphan anymore. Meaning the term yatim will not apply to him. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us to do ihsan with who? With the yatama. And it's from the root letters yatamim. And yutum literally means to get cut, to be alone. And if you think about it, an orphan child is alone. He's been cut off. The father is gone. He's died. So, ihsan towards parents, towards relatives. Is that understandable? Yes. Parents have done so much good to us. Relatives have been good to us. But the orphan, has he done any favor to us? No. But still, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to do ihsan towards the orphans. What does it show? That Allah wants us to be good to those who benefit us and also those who do not benefit us. Those from whom we can expect some return and those from whom we can expect no return even. Ihsan towards all members of society. Relatives as well as orphans. Yatama, And yatama includes those orphans that are related to you and orphans that are not related to you. Any orphans. And why is it that we should do ihsan towards yatama, towards orphans. Why do you think so? Why do they deserve ihsan? The Prophet ﷺ said that he, meaning the Prophet ﷺ, and the one who looks after the yatim will be like this. And he joined his two fingers together. Meaning they will be close together in the hereafter. The person who looks after who? The orphans. It's a highly rewardable act. But why the orphan? Out of all people. We have the blessing of having parents and they don't. But why the orphan? They have no one to support them. They have no one to care for them. They have no one to spoil them. They have no one to look after them. Who cares for you? Who spoils you? Your father, your parents. Who spends on you? Your parents. But an orphan is the one who does not have the father. So... Even if the mother is there, the care that he receives is limited. It's incomplete. He always has that sense of loss that I don't have a father. Even if the mother loves him to bits, but still he will always have that feeling. So the orphan is a child who is deprived. A child who is deprived. And a child who is deprived deserves that we should do ihsan towards him. How can we do ihsan towards orphans? In two ways. First of all, in our dealings with them. That when we talk to them, when we take care of them, when we speak with them, when we do anything for them, we should be good in our dealing with them. And secondly, in particular, in taking care of their wealth. Because an orphan, he inherits the wealth of his father. Correct? So when he inherits that wealth, don't just come and take it. These children, they can't take care of their wealth, just take it ourselves. No. Look after it, take care of it, keep it as an amana for them. So, doing ihsan with the orphans. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Duha, فَأَمَّ الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ As for the orphan, do not oppress him. Your own child. If he doesn't listen to you, if he bothers you, irritates you, give him a smack, put him down, do whatever you want. 
If the father finds out, isn't he going to question you? So many times it happens that mothers, they get upset with their children and they don't yell at them out of the fear of the father. They will not discipline them because of the fear of the father. But in the case of the orphan, who's going to come and protect that child? When the father is not there, when the mother is not there, who's going to protect him? This is why you have to be extra careful. And you know, a child who comes from a family like that, there may be some behavior issues. Like whenever something new happens in their life or something different happens, all of a sudden you see a difference in their behavior. Many times it happens that when the second child is born, the first child starts acting up a lot. He becomes extra clingy, starts misbehaving, starts throwing things on the floor, starts pushing other children for no reason. Why? Because he feels that the mother is busy. Now imagine if a child comes from a family where the father is not there at all. Imagine the state of the mother. Isn't the child's behavior going to be affected? Of course. So when he acts up, which he will certainly, what are we supposed to do? Do ihsan. Forgive. Ignore. Let go. Be kind. Be nice. Be generous. So also do ihsan towards the orphans. Then, wal-masakeen. And the needy ones. Masakin is a plural of miskin. Who is miskin? Miskin is from the root letter seen kaf noon. Sakana is to become still. And miskin is someone who has become still, who is stuck somewhere. Why? Because of poverty. He doesn't have enough. He's unable to go around. He's unable to travel. He's unable to do much. Why? Because of his poverty. So his poverty has, in a way, stranded him. Okay? He's stuck because of his poverty. Now miskin. When the word comes alone, it includes every kind of poor and needy person. It includes those people who have nothing. It includes people who have something but not everything that they need. Miskeen includes all types of needy people. So ihsan towards masakeen as well. How can we do ihsan towards the masakeen? Giving sadaqah, zakat. How else can we do ihsan towards the needy people in the society? Tell me, who are the needy people? Give me examples. For example, people living on the streets, homeless. They do not have enough provision to survive. If there is a natural disaster or something, people lose everything they have. People who had everything, but now all of a sudden they are left with nothing. So disaster struck areas. Also, person has something, but he doesn't have enough. So for example, a person doesn't have a job. And as a result, they have the bare minimum to survive. We think miskeen is someone who is extremely poor, has nothing at all, and we don't see those miskeen in this country, so oh, don't worry. No, miskeen is someone whose basic needs are unfulfilled. If a person is going through some difficulty, he's suffering from poverty, he's suffering from a natural disaster that has completely wiped out everything that he had, are we still supposed to help them? Because we learned that people suffer because of the sins that they commit. We don't know that that person is suffering because of a sin that he committed. And even if that was the case, still we're supposed to help them. Because their account is with who? Allah. Allah will judge them. Allah will ask them. But we will also be asked that when we saw someone in trouble, did we assist them or not? You know, the mushrikeen would say that, why do you tell us that we should feed the hungry people? If Allah wanted, He could have fed them Himself. If Allah did not feed them, why should we feed them? Allah wanted them to be hungry because they're evil. So we should also leave them hungry. This is not correct. There are some people who have been given more, other people who have been given less, because we are tested in this way.
that what do we do when we have more? What do we do when we have less? Do we help the unfortunate or do we ignore them? So masakin, all types of needy people, whether it is someone who just had an accident on the street, you were passing by them, you saw they were in need, get down and help them. Or you see a person who looks as if they have some need. For example, it's winter, they're not wearing a jacket. Isn't it obvious that they need a jacket? It's winter, they're going out in the snow and they're just walking outside. Isn't it obvious they need to go somewhere? Miskeen is not just someone who has nothing at all. It could be someone who is walking towards a bus stop. You can give them a ride. Go ahead. They have some need that is unfulfilled. And if you see a need unfulfilled in the other, and you can fulfill it, go ahead and help them. Then the next thing that the Bani Israel were commanded to do was, وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna, And say good words to the people. Notice the word لِلنَّاسِ النَّاسِ includes who? Just Muslims? All people. Just elderly people? No. Just educated people? No. Just your friends? No. All people, every single human being, whether he's from your country or from another country, whether from your family or from another family, your neighborhood or some other neighborhood, any person, what do they deserve? That you speak to them in a decent manner. You speak to them in a good way. وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna. Now good speech includes two things. First of all, that it's good in its hay'ah, meaning in its style. And secondly, it is good in its content. Good in its style. How is that? That when a person is talking, he's not shouting, he's not yelling, he's not talking in an insulting way, in a derogatory way. He's not talking as if he's talking to an animal that doesn't understand anything. No. Talking in a good style, in a good manner. Secondly, the content has to be good. How is the content good? That the words that you select, the words that you choose are also good, are also appropriate, are also respectful. So, وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna. When you talk to people, talk in a decent fashion. The words that you select should be good. Without being fake, without being pretentious, you know, being natural, being good, being generous in our words, this is something that is very, very important. And also, وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna includes that we use appropriate words, we are clear, we are honest. For example, if we're talking to a person, we talk to them in a language that they understand. Many times it happens, and alhamdulillah, Muslims are such that we come from different backgrounds, different countries, we speak so many different languages. It happens that we go to a place where people speak a different language, they don't understand our language, we start talking to our friends in our own language, and the other person is just wondering, what are they saying? So if you're Pakistani, you speak Urdu. When you see a Pakistani sister, don't switch to Urdu. Speak in a language that people understand. If you're a Somali sister, you see a Somali sister, don't switch to Somali. Speak in English. It will happen that we forget and all of a sudden we switch to the language that we're more comfortable with. But correct yourself. Repeat yourself if you have to. And this is something that we must all strive to do over here because we have sisters from so many different countries, so many different languages, Let's be good to one another in our speech. Speak in a way that is good and speak in a language that is understandable. وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ husna. They were also told, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ And establish the salah. Because that is the haqq of Allah. وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ And give the zakah. Because that is the right of who? The poor people. But what was their reaction? Allah says, ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ But you turned away. 
تَوَلَّيْتُمْ وَاَوْلَامْ يَا And tawalli is when a person turns away from something, leaving it behind his back. A person turns away from something, leaving it behind his back. So for example, I'm facing you right now. If I turned around and walked away, this is what? Tawalli. So, you were given these commands, you were instructed to follow them, you made a promise that you will do it, but what did you do? You turned around and walked away. Tawallaytum. ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْكُمْ Except for just a few of you. قَلِيلٌ قَافْ لَامْ لَامْ قِلَّ Less. So only a few of you followed or lived by the covenant. وَأَنْتُمْ مُعْرِضُونَ And you are ones who turn away. مُعْرِضُونَ Plural of the word مُعْرِض. And مُعْرِض is one who does إِعْرَاض. إِعْرَاض is aversion. عَيْنْ رَاضَاد And إِعْرَاض is when a person is detached from something. Meaning his heart is not attached to it. You see, two things are mentioned over here. ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ مُعْرِضُونَ It's quite possible that if a person turns away from something and walks away, his heart is still attached to it. You're visiting your family in a particular country, you say salam to them to go back home, you turn around and you walk away into the terminal. Is your heart still attached to them? Yes. But this is when your heart was not even attached anymore. You had no interest You turned, walked away, and you had no regrets. You never felt guilty. You never felt bad about disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَأَنْتُمْ مُعْرِضُونَ What does this ayah show to us? There are many commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also given to us with respect to His rights, with respect to the rights of people, with respect to the rights of all categories of mankind. And what are we supposed to do? Obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in every respect. Because if we turn away, and walk away, and we have no interest, and we are no different than the Bani Israel. The Bani Israel suffered because of their breach of covenant. And if we disobey Allah, then we should also expect the same. Don't think that if you disobey your parents, everything will be fine. No, things will not be fine. If we disobey our parents, if we make them unhappy, if we don't give the right of the orphans and the needy, if we neglect our prayer, then we should be worried. Because breaking a promise means consequences.